Hey, Community of Hope, I'm excited about this word today. I thank God for all that has already happened in our worship experience. And I want you to go with me in scripture today to a word I really believe is going to bless your entire life. As Joshua, the fourth chapter, Joshua, the fourth chapter, I'll be reading a couple of places there, but uh, first we'll go to that 19th verse. Joshua 4, 19, what has just happened is that the children of Israel have just crossed the Jordan River, that God has just literally done a miracle and opened up the Jordan River, and they have walked through the Jordan River, walked through the Jordan River. They took big steps through water. And then here we find ourselves on the other side of the Jordan, and the Bible says on the 10th day, in verse 19, on the 10th day of the first month, the people went up from the Jordan and camped at Gilgal on the eastern border of Jericho. And Joshua set up at Gilgal the 12 stones they had taken out of the Jordan. He said to the Israelites in the future, when your descendants ask their parents, what do these stones mean? Tell them, Israel crossed the Jordan on dry ground. For the Lord your God dried up the Jordan before you until you had crossed over. The Lord your God did to the Jordan what he had done to the Red Sea when he dried it up before us until he had crossed over. He did this so that all the people of the earth might know that the hand of the Lord is powerful and so that you might always fear the Lord your God. Chapter 5 verse 1 says, Now when all the Amorite kings west of the Jordan and all the Canaanite kings along the coast heard how the Lord had dried up the Jordan before the Israelites until they had crossed over, their hearts melted in fear, and they no longer had the courage to face the Israelites. At that time, the Lord said to Joshua, Make flint knives and circumcise the Israelites again. So Joshua made flint knives and circumcised the Israelites at Gebeath Harlaw. Then if you go on down to verse 10, On the evening of the fourteenth day of the month, while camped at Gilgal on the plains of Jericho, the Israelites celebrated the Passover. The day after the Passover, that very day they ate some of the produce of the land, unleavened bread and roasted grain. The manna stopped the day after they ate this food from the land. There was no longer any manna for the Israelites, but that year they ate the produce of Canaan. Look, my brothers and my sisters, I, I want to uh, go to God in the word of prayer as we share on the sermon today, Gilgal. Big Step Staging Area, Gilgal, the Big Step Staging Area. Come on, let's pray. God, in Jesus' name, we are grateful and we thank you. Thank you, God, for your hand, for your power, your grace, and your love. Now, in the name of Lord Jesus, have your way on this, your humble servant. Speak to me and through me. Save somebody today, God. Heal somebody, deliver somebody, help somebody to hear what they need to hear, to make a life change that transforms not just their life, but their generations. Let it be historic. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. And amen. Gilgal, <coughs> a big step staging area. It's interesting when you look at the scripture, when you look at this text, uh, the children of Israel find themselves at a place called Gilgal in the land of Canaan, uh, right on the border of Jericho. You have to remember the land of Canaan is the promised land. They have crossed over the Jordan River and are now in the promised land. They're in the promised land uh, 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 trying to attempt to be able to get everything that God had called for them 
in this land of promise. They're in the promised land, but they're on the border of a place called Jericho, which is the first place they're going to end up having their first battle. But before they get to Jericho, they stop in a place called Gilgal. Now, I want you to know that Gilgal was not their destination. Gilgal was just a place where they stopped, a staging area in the military uh, that they often have what are called staging areas. Staging areas are not the place of the battle, but staging areas are often where they organize the troops. Staging areas are often where they organize the supplies to then send them into battle. Uh, the, the Gilgal was not uh, the place where they were to stay, but it was a staging area. And there were some things that happened at Gilgal uh, that helped transform the children of Israel and had them ready for what was coming up ahead. I would dare say that many of us have a Gilgal in our own lives. Uh, that many of you, uh, that, that you're not in the wilderness anymore, that you've crossed over the Jordan, that you find yourself on the verge, you find yourself in the promised land, uh, but you still have not been able to fully occupy, fully uh, be able uh, to maximize what God has for you in your land of promise. Uh, that, that, that you're not where you used to be, but you can see that you're not totally uh, walking in the fullness of all God has for you in this season. It's not your previous season. You're in a new season, but you're not fully in the place of maximizing and being able to do all that God has called you to do in this season. You're in a staging area. You're in Gilgal. I call it a big step staging area because uh, th this is the first time you've been in a place like this. This is the first time you've been so close to be able uh, to get what God has called you to get. This is the first time you've been able to uh, get this close to moving and this level of prosperity. There's some steps you've got to make and Gilgal is a place uh, that is a staging area, is a place that you get yourself ready uh, to go off and make some big steps that will not just transform your life, but transform your generations to come. Gilgal is that kind of a place. One of the first things I realized and I learned about Gilgal from the children of Israel and from Joshua is that Gilgal is a place of historic reflection. And what better time than during this Black History Month for us to be in a place like Gilgal that's a place of historic reflection. That if you look uh, at what we find uh, in, in, in verse 19 of chapter 4, is it says what? It says that as soon as they got up off the Jordan, they got to a place called Gilgal. It, when they were walking through the Jordan, when, when, when God told Joshua to have the priests walk with the Ark of the Covenant, into the river and God opened up the river so the people could walk through. Uh, God had uh, the priest to stand in the middle of the river. And then God told Joshua to take 12 uh, big huge stones uh, out of that middle of the river where the priests were standing and put them in a place as a monument uh, so that generations later they would reflect on what the Lord had done. And, and here you see uh, that the Bible says on the 10th day of the first month the people went up from Jordan they camped at Gilgal and Joshua set up at Gilgal the 12 stones they had taken out of Jordan. He said to the Israelites, in the future, when your descendants ask their parents, what do these stones mean? Tell them Israel crossed the Jordan on dry ground. For the Lord your God dried up the Jordan before you until you had crossed over. He then went on to say, the Lord your God did to the Jordan what he had done 
to the Red Sea. This is what gets me in, and I love about Gilgal. Gilgal is a place of historic reflection, but it's a place in which there's a convergence of what God is doing and what God has done. That's right. It's a place in which you are reflecting on the historic nature of what God is doing and what God has done. That here you have them at Gilgal. He sets up the rock, the stones. He tells them to tell your children in years to come of what God did today. That tell them in years to come what God did for us right here at the Jordan River. In other words, what is happening right now for us is going to mean something later on. What's happening and what God is doing right now for us is going to be historic in nature. And, and But then he said, because God did for us uh, just like he did for our grandparents and our parents at the Red Sea. That the, the, the Red Sea was a part of their history. The Red Sea had happened over 40 years ago. That God had opened up the Red Sea 40 years ago. That, that was a part of their history. But there was a connection between what God was doing in their present and how God had moved in their history. Gilgal is a place where you can reflect on the fact that what God is doing in this moment is going to mean something, and, and, but it's connected to what God has already done. That's why it's good to be here in Black History Month, because we can look back over what the Lord has done for us as a people, whether it's in these shores or whether it's in Mother Africa. We can look back and see all that God has done, and we can realize that we don't believe that God brought us this far to leave us. And so what we are doing right now is going to have historical basis that, that when the history books are written, they're going to look at what we've done, Community of Hope, I believe in my heart that when folks look back at 2021, 2022, 2023, they're going to look at the work we've been doing in community, and they're going to look at our community and how it shifted, and how the work we were able to do, that we're about to do, is going to change some stuff, but we'll be able to say the same way that God did it back in Reconstruction is the same way that God has been blessing us right now, that you've got to understand that Gilgal is a place of historic reflection. I get excited. I, I was just blessed to be at Bannister Ford. That's right, Bannister Ford of Marlowe Heights up there on Arth Road. It used to be the old Sheehy Ford. Uh, I, I was asked to come and to pray by a brother by the name of Dan Bannister. He's the new owner of Bannister Ford. That's right, they turned the Sheehy Ford, renamed it Bannister Ford. And right now, it is a black own Ford dealership, uh, that, that I was blessed to be there uh, with a historic county executive, the first black female county exec of Prince George's County. She was on the program that was sitting there and, and, and were lifting up uh, this brand new car dealership. I was able to give the prayer and, and I realized that God was really doing something in that moment. But as I looked back, I realized that this county has not always been a black county, but I remember when this county was a predominantly white county. I remember when everything around there was white. And, and, and as the county exec talked about the fact that this was only the second black owned car dealership in the state of Maryland, I realized that God was doing something historic in the moment. Realized God was doing something historic in the moment, but now I looked into the room and I saw a former state senator, uh, saw a former state senator, um, Gloria Lawler, former state senator Gloria Lawler was there, and I was able to realize that this woman has been on the uh, on the on the forefront of fighting for our people, not just in this state, but right there in Marlowe Heights. I'm 
talking about going all the way back to Marlow Heights planning a meeting so and 82 and up. I'm talking about that this woman has been doing this woman has been doing it so long that when I was in undergrad in college in 1986 and 87 that I got a senatorial scholarship and her signature was the one that was on the paper Gloria Lawler that, that her name was on the check because it was a senator was a state senator and she did something for me back then Lord have mercy years and years and decades ago that, that she was a part of the history of this county she was there but I was watching us making history right now I've come by to let you know, Community of Hope, that God wants you to reflect on the fact that God has you making history now and being able to reflect on the fact that you can only do it now because of what God has what? Already done. First thing is that Gilgal is a place of historic reflection. The second thing is that Gilgal is a place of personal sacrifice. <coughs> That's right. Gilgal is a place of personal sacrifice. Sacrifice. Now this blows my mind, and brothers, I know it may get a little queasy at, at this, but 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 what you found was that the chapter five says that when the Amorite kings, when all the kings uh, west of the Jordan uh, saw and heard about what God did to Jordan, they all got shook and they all get scared. That's right. God was already making the way for the victory. God was already opening it up, and so you, you would think that that was a time to be able to go and start handling the business. That was a time to get the army together and go and fight because everybody else was scared. But before they went and fought any battle. Uh, they had to. Uh, uh, they had to, to to do some personal sacrifice. That's right. They had to do some personal sacrifice. The Bible says at the time the Lord said to Joshua, "Make flint knives and circumcise the Israelites again." That's right. Circumcise the Israelites again. That what? That's right. He didn't say go circumcise the babies. He said for all of the men of Israel of fighting it, circumcised the Israelites again. What, what had happened was uh, that, that circumcision, it, it, it was symbolic, and it was a way that the children of Israel were able to mark that they were God's chosen people. Circumcision uh, went all the way back uh, to Abraham's co um, covenant with God and connect all the way back to them being a part of uh, God's promise to Abraham that circumcision uh, was what showed a distinction of being set apart from everyone else. So that, 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 that is what connected the children of Israel all throughout the wilderness. My God, Jesus, you, you, you all know that, that when they got to the promised land 40 years before, uh, the, the, the older generation uh, didn't feel that they could go in. And, and so they didn't go in. <clears throat> and so they ended up wandering in the wilderness for 40 years. But what ended up happening was they didn't circumcise anybody in the wilderness. For every child that was born in the wilderness, they did not circumcise them in the way that they had back in Egypt. In Egypt, they were still circumcising their children. That, that everybody who came out of Egypt was circumcised. But here you have a whole generation that's uncircumcised. Here you have a whole generation that grew up in the wilderness and was uncircumcised. Here you have a whole generation. And God said, it's time for this generation, my goodness gracious, uh, uh, to, to do some personal sacrifice. It's time for this generation uh, to get sanctified. It's time for this generation to get consecrated. It's time for, for, for this generation. I, I need you, Joshua, uh, to go and circumcise. Lord have mercy all the men and so and so what you find is uh, that they end up circumcising that's right they end up cutting a amen somebody uh, amen somebody I'm not gonna be too graphic we got kids watching they end up cutting all of the men there was some self 
sacrifice that, that set them apart. That, that in this moment, my God, that they, that, that they did something uh, that I wouldn't want to do as a grown man with a flint knife, but they did something that, that now sets them apart. My question for you is what makes you different? What sets you apart? What sacrifice are you making that it makes it evident that you're God's, that you are on God's team, that you're on God's squad? Well, I, I get concerned these days because you can't tell who the Christians are. I get concerned these days because the Christians act like everybody else. I get concerned today because there's no distinction in lifestyle. There's no distinction in values, and there's no any kind of self-sacrifice. But what you've got to understand is that, is that Gilgal, when you were at this place in which you haven't fully walked into it, uh, this is the time to get locked in and focused on the spiritual things of God. This is the time they are in the promised land, but they have not been able to get what they're supposed to get yet in the promised land. They're in a staging area, well, a big step staging area. They're in Gilgal. And this is the time to be able uh, to get so locked in that it's clear what side you're on. It's clear uh, that, that, that you are locking into the things of God. It's clear that you are obeying the disciplines of God. Uh, my question for you today, what are you doing that allows you to get locked in and focused so you can hear God's voice more clearly? What are you doing? What are you sacrificing of self that allows you to walk and talk and live a little differently? This is the time, and this is the season. Now, my brothers and my sisters, the third thing you've got to understand is that sanctification brings a shift. That's right, that when you're in Gilgal, when you are in your big step staging area, the third thing you've got to understand, and I'm out of here, is that sanctification brings a shift. L let me help you. Um, that, that, that Here you have the, the, the men and the children of Israel, and the Bible says that they stay at Gilgal. Uh, the, the men have all been circumcised, and they have to stay there until the men get healed. Here they are in the promised land, on the edge, the border of Jericho, uh, about to be able to finally start to move into what they've been hearing about for generations, what they have been hearing about that their parents never got. Here, here is a whole generation that grew up in the wilderness, that grew up wanting, that grew up eating manna every day. That's right, that all they knew how to eat was manna, that God would send manna from heaven day after day after day. God would provide for them in the wilderness. God would make ways for them in the wilderness. But sanctification <clears throat> brings a shift. What do you mean, Reverend? If you look at chapter 5, verse 10, it says, On the evening of the 14th day of the month, while camped at Gilgal on the plains of Jericho, the Israelites celebrated the Passover. The day after the Passover, that very day, they ate some of the produce of the land, unleavened bread and roasted grain. The manna stopped the day after. They ate this food from the land. There was no longer any manna for the Israelites, but that year, Lord have mercy, they ate the produce of Canaan. That when you uh, get to this place, this staging area, and when you uh, get locked in on the things of God, get yourself set apart, get yourself focused, it will bring a shift 
and what God's about to do in your life. Now, here's what's important about this shift. What's important about this shift is that the Bible says uh, that here at Gilgal, they were able to eat the fruit of the land. And as soon as they ate the fruit of the land, it said that God stopped sending manna from heaven. Now, now I need you to understand there's a difference between wilderness provision and promised land prosperity. There's a difference uh, between what God uh, can do and how God takes care of you in the wilderness versus the prosperity and the overflow of the promised land. And, and what I need you to do <coughs> is that as you are in Gilgal, as you uh, are setting yourself apart, I need you not to get shook when God uh, shifts the way God provides. That's right, that God provided for them from manna for the last 40 years. Manna from on heaven. What does it mean for God to work a miracle morning after morning that God would drop bread from heaven? And that was what they ate for 40 years. God took care of them. God was faithful in it. But that was God giving them their daily bread. Now God had put them in a place where they could eat off of the fruit of the land but it was going to take their own work. That's right, that, that when you're in the promised land, there's work you have to do. When you're in the wilderness, that God will make ways out of no ways sometimes out of nowhere. But when you're in the promised land, that's when you got to figure out the play. That's when you got to figure out the strategy with the resources that God has put around you. And I need you not to get shook when the manna dries up. I need you not to get scared when the manna dries up, but I need you to start looking around you to see what God is doing because God is about to do a shift for you. God's about to do a shift that's about to transform things. You're going to go from paycheck to paycheck to all of a sudden overflow and putting up uh, for generations to come. That, that God's about to do a shift for you. But remember, the shift comes with the sanctification. That you have first got to be the set apart piece right. Because if you don't get set apart, if you don't get focused on doing it God's way, if you don't get focused on hearing God's voice, if you don't get focused on, on, on managing what God has given you, then you will end up messing up what God gives you. That's right, that some of us are not ready for the shift because our lives are too messy and we don't want to get set apart. That some of us uh, are too stubborn to get sanctified. That some of us, if God gave us the money, that we would take promised land blessings and spend it in the strip club. That's right, some of us, that we would spend a promised land blessing on shoes, not scholarships. That we would spend more on cars than our children. That we would end up taking promised land cash and spending it in casinos. That if you don't have your mind right in the Lord, then I don't care what God puts around you as resource. You'll waste the resource because you are not thinking about it God's way. But if you walk and talk and get yourself right and locked into God, uh, then you can be able to move in this new season and walk in this shift. And you'll be in houses you did not build and, and, and gardens you did not plant. And you'll, that, that God will be able to give you an overflow but you've got to get yourself in line with the things of God. It is my prayer for you in this season. 
You right now are in Gilgal, a big step staging area. God is trying to shift it for you. But between your historical reflection and the shift stands sanctification. That between the Jordan River and Jericho stands circumcision. And if you don't get the circumcision, you'll never be able to do the occupation of Jericho. That you'll never be able to win the battle if you don't learn how to do it God's way. I'm challenging someone today. Today is the day for you to make decision. I'm going to live set apart. That's right. That's right. I'm tired of doing it the world's way. I'm tired of being like everyone else. I'm tired of going with a situation of morality that I'll do it God's way if everybody's looking but my way if nobody's looking. And if it's okay, if it feels right to me, then I'll do it. Instead of, no, what does the scripture say about how you are treating people and how you are interacting with people and how your ethics guide you in situations and circumstances? No, no, no. You have to get right with God and do it now. And I pray. I promise you, I know it as sure as I'm standing here. I know it as sure as you are looking at whatever device you're looking at this on. That a shift is on the way. That we're right on the verge of it. We've just got to get the camp right. Community of Hope, we're right on the verge of it. But this just can't be the pastor getting right. This has got to be us getting right together. Because we're in this thing together. This isn't just about Pastor Tony Lee. Pastor Tony Lee got to get himself right, but you got to get yourself right too. That you've got to get your life in line so that you can be set apart, that you can be distinct, so that you can be sanctified. It is my prayer for all of us that in this season, as we are headed towards Lent, that we will be focusing on God, what do I need to do? What self-sacrifice, what needs to get cut from my life? What needs to, to be go? What needs to be laid aside in order for me to serve you better? God, I'll do it. It's going to hurt, but I'll do it. God, I'll do it. It's going to hurt hurt, but God, I'll do it. I'll do it for you because I want to make this big step so bad because when God gets finished with what God's about to do, in the wilderness, God was giving us this day our daily bread. In the promised land, we can set up and make bread factories. We can set up bakeries because God has provided the resources around us Somebody, you've got the ideas for the business, but you've been in wilderness mode. But in this season, if you would get yourself lined up with the will of God, you'll start to see the resources for the business are already around you. You just need to learn how to tap into what's already around you. But you're not going to be able to do it until the shift comes. Right now, God's been just taking care of you paycheck to paycheck. 
but God wants you to be able to give scholarships to other people's children because God has blessed you so much. God wants you to be a blessing to your community. God wants you to be able to make a difference. Today is your day. I want to pray for all of us. I want to pray for all of us that as we're in this big step staging area, as we stand in this modern day Gilgal, as we look out over what God is doing that is historic, that's going to make a difference in what God has done to get us this far, I want to pray for all of us that we can be able to move in this new season of sanctification as God then brings a shift. God, in Jesus' name, I thank you. Thank you, God, for your people. I thank you, God, that they have been working, they have been faithful, even in wandering, they've been faithful. And you've been faithful to us. Now, God, in Jesus' name, as we stand in Canaan, as we stand, God, on the verge of everything our foreparents dreamt of, help us, God, not to get this close and end up farther away from you. Help us, God, not to get so close to all that you promised us. And this is the moment where we stray from your hand. But help us, God, to do whatever we can do. Whatever we need to cut, let us cut it so that we, God, can get focused, locked in, sanctified, consecrated, set apart to your will and to your way. God, in Jesus' name, I believe there's a shift on the way. I believe there's some businesses in the hearts of your people, and you, God, are shaping the resources for them right now. I believe there are opportunities. I believe, God, there are finances. I believe, God, that there are things you're going to be doing in people's health and people's families. God, in Jesus' name, help us not to miss your move. And we will be sure to give your name the honor, the glory, and the praise. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen and amen. Community of Hope, God bless you. I'm so grateful to be your pastor during this season because I really believe in my heart that God is up to something big. Now look, if you've been watching this and you've never accepted Jesus as your Lord and Savior, you can't do this by yourself, but you have to get connected to the Lord. The Bible says that God loved the world so much that he gave his only son. Whosoever believes in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. Look, that God loved you so much that God sent Jesus. Jesus died on the cross, was raised from the dead, so that you could be saved. At Community of Hope, we say this every single Sunday since we started. We're the Community of Hope where everyone has a chance. We don't care who you are, what you've done, or who you did it with. Don't care if you did it last night or woke up doing it this morning. That When you get into the house of the Lord, that when you get connected, whether it's virtually or however you connect, you're in the right place at the right time to become all that God has called you to be. And we believe that God's got a blessing with your name. Somebody put it in the chat. Slam on it. If you're not saved, come on, give your life to Christ today. And right there at the bottom of the screen is, and, 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 and the chat is a link for you to click on or just text us. Text from your phone to the number 474747. Text Hope Decision, one word, to 474747. You want to give your life to Christ, today is your day. You want to get a church home, you already saved, but you need a church home. Come on, today is your day to get connected to this wonderful church. I promise you, Community of Hope is a church worth going to, worth connecting with. 
It'll be a blessing to your life. Or if you just want to rededicate your faith, today is your day. This is your moment. Won't you connect with us? Just text Hope Decision to 474747. We just want to get some information from you, uh, get you connected to all that's happening here at this church. If that's you, if you want to uh, join this church, if you want to rededicate your faith, or if you want to give your life to Christ, I want to pray a prayer with you, and I want you to repeat it after me, that wherever you are, I want you to repeat these words after me. I believe that God will use this moment to seal your eternity. Come on, won't you say it with me? God, I thank you for Jesus who died for me and you raised from the dead that I could be saved. Please forgive me of my sins. I don't want to live that way anymore. And right now, I ask Jesus to come into my heart be in control of my life. I want to live the way you want me to live and be the person that you've called me to be. So I thank you that today I'm saved. I got a church home. I rededicated my faith. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen and amen. Look, if that's you, just text Hope Decision to 474747. We want to get connected and plugged in with you. We are praying for you and excited for the decision that you've made today for Christ. God bless you. We love you. And we thank God for you. Community of Hope, what a wonderful day to be alive. What a wonderful season to be alive. That we are in our big step stage and area. God is organizing us, getting us ready to go into the promised land. This is your season. Get ready for the ship. Come on, let's get sanctified together, set apart together, consecrated together. 